Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today is Friday, April 8th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 455 featuring NBC Sports Boston's Chris Forsberg is powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. All right, everything is coming together. Everything is coming together. It's a new Celtics beat. Adam Kaufman, you know that. Evan Valenti is back with us. He's back from his vacation. <laughs> and the second he returned, it seemed like things you know, mm. just started improving for the Celtics again after his, you know, trip totally derailed them and injured Rob Williams. We talked about that last Whoa, week. Oh, he's the blame. He's the, he's the reason. Chris Forsberg, that other voice that you're hearing in NBC Sports Boston. How are you, man? Uh, now I'm angry. Yeah, like, he's I the culprit. You know, I actually was pinning the blame on myself. Uh, I had to, to do sideline for a couple of games. And uh, I think my, my first game, that Timberwolves game, uh, was the night he got hurt. And uh, so that <laughs> that blood is on my hands. Uh, it feels only appropriate that I've somehow my excitement was just too much for Time Lord's <laughs> meniscus to handle. And uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll take the blame. Ev. You're off. You're off the hook. Some Sick. sort of alternate timeline, like out of <laughs> Doctor Strange, was created mm. just by your your passion, your level of excitement. It just messed up everything. Blew out his knee. Like I mean, literally, like his his meniscus was like. There's an energy in this building that I cannot <laughs> harness, and it just it just shredded. Luckily, luckily, it was only a minor tear. My I I've kept it in check enough that he is he will be able to return in the playoffs. Yeah, so you're the bad luck guy. I yeah. I, I, I appreciate the fact that you're stepping up for that. That's I'm, my I'm, one of my favorite low key scenes of Celtic Pride is when. They have the jazz jerseys on, and they're like, "We've been rooting, who have we been rooting for the entire time? The Celtics, and who hasn't won anything? Oh yeah, I didn't want to say anything, to you, but we knew you guys were the bad luck guys." Classic. I just, I, I just want to put out because we could go on and on about Celtic pride. Who wouldn't? I mean, it's on, it's on the shelf here behind me, naturally, but. Uh, I, I just look, it's Masters week. So just, just real quick in, in the wake of the most recent game, golf clap for the Celtics for yeah. the, for the good looking loss in Milwaukee. Just a, <laughs> a just a, a wonderfully, a beautiful performance for those of you. And I'm honestly, I like, I've been tweeting about this. I'm not one of these people, but for the people out there that have been. And they're all over my mentions, you guys as well, I'm sure. They've been so paranoid about seeding and looking for the perfect outcome down the stretch that, look, last night was exactly what you wanted. You rest Al Horford. You rest Jason Tatum. The other guys go out there. They, you know, it's a it's a good confidence builder for some of the reserves. Great game for Peyton. Sam Hauser, not that his number's probably going to be called in the playoffs, but it some of these be. guys, you know, it, important minutes, important responsibility, and they fall just short and in all likelihood avoid the Nets in the first round. So it win. Again, win-win. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't go the golf clap route for that. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit torn. Part of okay. me says I understand the benefits of the three seed, but I also think it's kind of foolish to be trying to dodge the the uh, uh, the 25th ranked defense in the NBA. And I know <laughs> the Nets have superstar talent, and you never want the opposing team, especially in round one of the postseason, to have the best player on the floor, which Kevin Durant 
would be by his just general status in the NBA. But I also think the Celtics kind of roll through that matchup. The, the Nets are paper thin. They have no defense. And, you know, if Durant steals them a game, then in, maybe it's a gentleman's sweep. Uh, maybe Kyrie brings his sage one night and it's a six gamer. <laughs> but um, like, I, ju- I just I don't I think we shouldn't obsess about that because I think the Celtics with the way they have played over the past 12 weeks now have asserted themselves as the team that everybody else in the NBA should be going, man, we don't want to play them. And if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'd be like, you know, maybe we lose that first game of the play-in and slide to the eighth seed because we'd much rather face the Heat than the Celtics the way they're playing. But, um, you know, whatever, like if it ends up being three, it's not the worst spot, as you say, like, especially after you saw what the Celtics did to the Bulls the other night, that's a, a fortuitous first round matchup. The only part I hate is then having to play Milwaukee in round two and not having home court advantage. But as you said, maybe maybe some of these role players got a little juice going up there and playing well here to close out the regular season. So what you just said about the Nets is it's we've talked about it a lot on this podcast in recent weeks. Like I, I've I've been of the mind kind of like you. Like you play who you're going to play. I think the Celtics shouldn't be afraid of anyone. I think they're capable of beating anyone. I tweeted as much yesterday before that game. But by the same token, to hear you say that you think that they would roll the Nets, like I, I, I think they could beat them. I absolutely think they could beat them. But when you've got Dur- you've got Durant on the other side, you've got Kyrie on the other side, and there's always the revenge narrative with him. Obviously, you you have him able to play home games. You don't, in all likelihood, and we'll get to this, but you don't, in all likelihood, have Rob Williams in the first round, and you believe they'd roll Brooklyn. Yeah, you know, Scal got on me about it last night because I said I think I went full steamroll, and uh, he was like, "You can't, you, you can't, you can't use that word when you talk about Kevin Durant." Has Kevin Durant ever been steamrolled in the playoffs? And I said, "You know, that's a great point. Like, I don't know. Maybe like early Oklahoma City when they were all kind of just finding their way. Maybe they had a bad playoff series, but certainly when he's been out there, it it gives them a chance every night." That being said, like their defense is trash. Like. Like the way the Celtics are playing offense right now, the ball movement, the way they could exploit matchups, Emay's intricate knowledge of the inner workings of the Nets. Sure. Uh, I do not see that series being particularly close. Now, would Durant steal them a game, of course? And I, I, I relent that it could go six, it could go seven, whatever. Um, but I just don't think it would be as close as like people have this this fear that the Celtics would would lose that series. And I, I don't know, like nothing about the last 12 weeks should make you feel that way. And I'm all for easing the path, but I'm a whole lot more worried about the Bucks and how you uh, line up with them potentially in round two than I am about whoever you got to go through in round one. Well, at least it's not Toronto. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, you say that, but like, there's still some scenarios. It's true. So. That's true. Here, here is actually what it looks like for anyone that hasn't been paying attention. And and you've been tweeting about this. Everyone's been tweeting about this. One game left. It's Sunday in Memphis. Some of these dominoes are going to unfold even before that tip off rolls around. But as we sit here right now, uh, sees a clinched home court, of course, in the first round of the playoffs. They're uh, starting in about a week, so we'll have another show to preview that, whoever the playoff opponent is before that rolls around. But they can still finish second, third, or fourth in the East, again, right now, as the Bucks, Sixers, Raptors, and, of course, the Seas, they're all jockeying for seeding. Mark D'Amico, who I think is fairly plugged in, tweeted this. I'm just banking on him being accurate. If the Celts win on Sunday, they can finish no worse than the third seed. If they win on Sunday and Milwaukee loses to either Detroit or Cleveland, Boston gets the two seed. If they lose Sunday and Philly and Milwaukee win out, Boston is the fourth seed. So again, the math, and you you wrote this on Twitter earlier today, Chris, the math obviously favors a Celtics-Bulls first-round matchup. But what are we rooting for? What do we want right now? 
Yeah, I think that's what you what you want, you know. And again, you're kind of courting the the Bucks there in round two. But you know, if you're making your first round life a little easier, maybe you're just like you're going to have to go through them at some point, and maybe something wild happens on the other side of the bracket. Hey, maybe you're sitting here and thinking the Nets are going to push them pretty hard in round one if that's the two seven matchup, and that maybe you'll be able to pounce if you kind of cruise through round one, which based on the other night against the Bulls would probably be the likelihood of how that plays out. So. You can feel, I think, you know, you can feel pretty good. Like, I, certainly I'll relent that it's the easier path drawing the Bulls. I think even Toronto, the problem with Toronto is you bring in all these storylines about who's eligible to go north and it becomes more of a spectacle than it would be. And, and like Siakam's playing better and they're just a frisky team. Uh, that being said, the Celtics sent their JV squad up there and, and almost took a game <laughs> yeah. when the, the, the Raptors really needed it in that stretch. So, uh, I feel confident with that matchup. I just I, that's why I keep coming back to. I'm not really worried about round one. It's what happens from there. What happens like you know you're getting robbed back. How much of, of a of a boost does that give you? And like how does that progress forward? And it, can this team get back to playing the elite level of defense we saw? And where does that what does that do for you? So uh, those are my bigger questions than how this all spills out in round one. But I get it. Like. There's just there it, it, in a normal year we probably aren't thinking about all this, but the play-ins added a complication, COVID's added a complication. Uh, but I like Celtics Bulls is probably as uh, if you rewind the tape as as much as like probably six weeks ago. I think when they started asking us who's the ideal playoff team, it's well it's the Bulls or Cleveland because the Cleveland doesn't have any experience and can't play offense good enough to to win a playoff series, and the Bulls are just so exploitable on defense based on uh, their weak links on the court. Yeah, then you have last night, of course, against the Bucks, where the you know Celtics don't have Horford or Rob or Tatum, and they go toe to toe with with the Bucks in in Milwaukee. So it's not like this Celtics team can't hang with Milwaukee either. I mean, it, second half really back to back to, too. Yeah, it's all going to come down to health and, and how healthy are the Celtics. So the Celtics are as healthy as they can be. I don't think they should be really afraid of anybody at this point. I I've been so impressed with how they've been able to really fine-tune their offense. I mean, we all knew that this was going to be a defensive-heavy team. Um, they proved that the past couple of months that they are one of the best defensive teams in the league. But the offense has been just spectacular. And you go back to – and I love listening to, to to Gorman and Scal on the broadcast because Gorman and Scal at times like can't even contain how happy they are <laughs> to watch this team move the ball in offense. That Chicago game was just – Wonderful. I mean, it was really something else. I mean, we, we had that Minnesota game was ridiculous. They had yeah. a game against Utah that was like the best start to a game I've ever seen. Like I, <laughs> it was insane what they were doing to Utah. So, you know, we get, I think offensively this team is taking another leap and be able to hang with, you know, Toronto minus four of their starters or to hang with Milwaukee minus three of their starters. It's just really a testament to how well this team is coached up right now, how focused they are, and, and how everybody how well everybody understands their role. And I think as we head to a playoff series with the with the Bulls potentially here, I mean that team. Just look at my fingers on that one. That's going to be a, a nice, easy way to to settle into to playoff basketball. But that next round matchup, you know, as long as Boston's healthy, I, I love their chances against anybody. I think just with the way they can they can create offense with both Jalen and Jason on the floor right now. Smart is doing a great job orchestrating everything as the point guard. Pritchard's spacing the floor. Uh, Grant's spacing the floor really well. Derek White's hitting shots. Like we said with Mike the other day, like, is the only thing this team is missing is Derek White hitting shots? And if Derek mm. White hits shots, are they just clearly better than everybody else? I mean, now that he's starting to hit 40, 50% of his threes, Chris, this team looks insanely crisp right now. 
Yeah. And, and I keep telling people that is that the, the offensive progression is way more noticeable to me and, or way more of a storyline because that was the one thing, even when they had the number one defense in the league, I said, you're not winning a title with the, the 20th ranked offense and efficiency. And I thought they'd get better, but I didn't think they'd be the best offense in the NBA since January 23rd, when smart comes back from COVID and Tatum uh, pushes the launch button on his usual second half surge and so I mean that's huge for this team to be able to play the way they have and it's it just really it is really noticeable and again I think that's what's what's so magical about this season is everything we thought we knew about the Celtics through January 6th and like how maddening it had been and not just this year but like pretty much the the totality of of two full seasons of 500 basketball it was like oh they just can't play offense the right way they don't want to move the ball they play iso you know, it's never going to come together. And then all of a sudden, like it came together and like credit to Ime for getting them to buy in credit to the guys for, for not settling and and sort of figuring it out. Uh, But it's been, it's been really magical to watch. And I I keep telling people, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs. The East is better. It's going to, it could get crazy. You never see the end coming as quickly as it does. It's abrupt. I know the playoffs take like eight years to play, but it's still like abrupt when it ends. And, uh, but like this has been something like I have never been a part of a season like this. Now, IT years were magical in their own way. I was around at the end of the the 08 title run, and and that was it, it special in its own way. But this is like so unexpected that I hope people take a moment to be like, "Hey, this is really fun. Like, let's enjoy this." You, you know, there the, even the losses are good right now, which is just <laughs> never never happened. So. Uh, take a minute. Uh, I, I keep thinking of, of, of Ferris Bueller and, you know, when Matthew Broderick says, uh, like, like can move pretty fast. If you don't, you know, slow down and, and, and take a look around once in a while, you might miss it. And I'd hate for the last 41 games to just sort of be an afterthought because we're all heightened expectations now. So let me put a couple numbers out there. Uh, and, and you're well aware of this, Chris. I saw you put this on Twitter yesterday. I think it was the Celtics or a couple of days ago when they won their 50th game. The Celtics were 18 and 21. They were uh, 11th in the Eastern Conference. You know, fast forward a few months, obviously they jump up to uh, now a possibly a 51 win season. Second in the East could happen, obviously, whether you want third or not. They could finish in second in the East. It's their, their best regular season anyway. Since, uh, you know, going back to the 2017-18 season, which was a, a year of, of, of sort of magical, uh, unrealized or, Kyrie, or Kyrie honeymoon. Moments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Kyrie goes down, he gets hurt. Hayward goes down and then it's the young guys. It's the Jays carrying them into a playoff run where they finished within minutes of beating LeBron in game seven of the conference finals, very nearly, you know, reach the NBA finals to, to play golden state, a team that, you know, many people will still say to this day, they think the Celtics would have won that series because of how Boston matched up with golden state. You know, it's, people want to believe it. People, I'm That's not saying I believe it or you believe it or Evan believes it, but people out there, they've talked themselves into you know what that season obviously could have been but we're we're sitting here you know you outline the turnaround over a few months uh your colleague and, and a, a friend of this pod as well abby chin she put out courtesy of dick light the other day that uh 17 blowouts of 20 plus mm-hmm. points this season that's the most since that 0708 campaign as we all know celtics won a championship and i it's I don't want to be that guy, Chris. There's already another Adam on the Boston Airwaves that is that guy. But I feel like after the conversation we've had for the last 10, 15 minutes, I have to at least ask. I mean, we're sitting here ready to fire up the duck boats and, and let's have a parade, you know, through through Boston and everything. What's missing? You know, what can derail this? What can make this go wrong 
you know, and, and, you know, d- despite all of us believing the ceiling is so high, even without Rob back yet. Yeah. So I think a couple of things, one, the East is really good. Like it's weird to sit here and say that the Celtics won't have the best player on the court in a, a handful of matchups, even though they have Jason Tatum, who might just be close to a top five player now, but when you have to go through Embiid and possibly Durant and um, you know, obviously Giannis, like it, it's just tough. So I think, that adds a complication to everything. The Bucks have been there and done it. You know, that experience matters. Like Tatum and Brown have gotten experience, but this core, you know, still still hasn't quite been as 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 a whole been through it. So that that sort of matters. Um, I worry about crunch time offense, you know. Not not so much last night because you don't have your horses. Like it's different if you had Jason Tatum out there in the final minutes. But, you know, just in general, they haven't played a lot of close games, and every game in the playoffs sort of feels like it's close. So, you know. You know Giannis is going to be good in those moments. Will Tatum and, and Brown rise to that challenge? I'm, I'm optimistic based on what we've seen, but you know it hasn't happened often enough when the, in the handful of crunch time games they played. Um, Ime is a first-time coach. You know, that, that matters. Like, hate him as much as you want when he's stomping up and down the sideline and, and making crazy expressions, but like Nick Nurse – has won a title and has junked up games with zone defenses. And, and, and that matters. Folster has been there. Um, I think he may is, it gets a huge chunk of why they're so good this year, but got to prove it on the playoff stage. You know, his first time as the the head guy dipping his toe in there, you know, is he ready to make adjustments as quick as he's going to have to and, and all those little things. So there's all, like all that factors into it. Health, like heaven forbid they, the Celtics have to go through something else. Um, you know, they're just, they're not very deep uh, as good as we can uh, love it. When Hauser comes off the bench, hmm. you know, you don't want to be leaning on him for 25 minutes a night in a, in a playoff game. And Neesmith hasn't been ready for that challenge yet. And so um, there's little things that could, could complicate the, the, the path, but ultimately I, I re- resolve back to this, like what we've seen the last 12 weeks, the Celtics are a championship contender. And I, I, I again, because I'm trying to savor the experience, I don't get too obsessed about like where it ends you know, I'm just going to try to try to enjoy it and see where it goes. And if they get to the East finals or into the finals, like that's amazing. Um, But you know, that they're even there is just absurd on its own. So um, just, uh, just as my dog is fired up about it too. So really excited. uh, So we'll, we'll see where it goes. And uh, hopefully, hopefully I just want, you know, it's, it's lame. Cause like, you know, there's that, that, that meme where the, the girl's like, you know, I just hope both teams have fun, but <laughs> I like, I, re- I really do hope that the Celtics just go out there and, and, uh, and, and, and make this interesting. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't have envisioned this uh, 90 days ago. So the Celtics are plus 725 favorites on uh bet online to win the championship. You can tell your dog, you know, clue, obviously the pooch in. He just went online. to bet. Like he, <laughs> he's, he took my phone. He's always betting that dog. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable what, what the animals can do with technology these days. Well, let him know bet online. He probably already knows the number one source for your betting needs and sports information nods for all the latest sports developments, including of course, this week's odds. For the Masters Championship, which has a couple rounds to go after today. The start to Major League Baseball. Jump in. Futures bets. Teams, players, whatever it is. Title odds in the NBA. The Suns are the favorites. No shock there. Plus 275. Uh, the Bucks plus 575. I mentioned the Seas. I think we can rejoice at the fact the Lakers aren't even in the conversation. They have been <laughs> eliminated. No play-in tournament for them. If we have time before we get out of here, we'll touch on that. But Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including, of course, live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It is super easy to get you started to join up today. Just uh, learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your popular sports and games. Bet Online, it is where 
the game starts. We've talked so about I, this. I just, talk, I, I just yeah. talked to my dog. He bet, he bet on uh, – my, my dog's name is Kemba, by the way, which oh, is perfect. ironic because based, based on, uh, on him being traded away. But uh, <laughs> he, he also has bad knees. So, did, did, uh, did he arrive but, when Kemba got here, or does this go back to, like, the Yukon? Uh, no, he uh, – my, my dog, we got him in the pan- – right at the start of the pandemic, uh, 20, May 2020. And, okay. Um, he had a green collar and my kids were adamant that he had to have a Celtics name, despite my uh, somewhat uneasiness with naming a pet after a, a team I cover. Sure. But uh, m- my journalism integrity takes hits every day as I support Rob Williams uh, endlessly. So uh, I don't really get too worked <laughs> up about it anymore. Yeah, uh, there you go. But uh, yeah, they, they, they vetoed Barkus Smart and um, I will never... I, I will like never, that. never let them live that down. So um, it's a little long. Like it, it, it would take you know. You say unless you just bark. It, it, yeah, weird, really? to, weird to tell your dog to bark. So bark yeah, like, um, is smart. Come here. Yeah. You know, it was. It, it'd be could have been his middle name for a while. On the cobra, for sure. Ooh. Mm. Oh, but but anyway. So the dog stole my phone. He bet on Tiger. Uh, I need to know the odds so that Perfect. I can get excited about that. And Dustin Johnson as the backup. But I'm not going <laughs> to turn this into a Masters pod. Yeah, I, uh, because then I'd have to sit here and eviscerate Gary Woodland for what he has done to my DFS lineups today. And that wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't be fun for me. Uh, mm-hmm. what about, uh, what about your guy? You are the, uh, well-renowned, uh, mm-hmm. Rob Williams, uh, fan club president. Are, are we, everything that we hear from Ime, from, I think some of the players have weighed in from time to time. Obviously, Brad Stevens on the radio this morning. Everyone is, is super positive about where Rob is in his, uh, progression in his rehab from surgery after repairing that torn meniscus already back working out in good spirits he's walking around like nothing's bothering him when do you think we'll see him on the court so here my thing has been he will be ready for basketball based on everything i've heard and been told and like you know can gather uh three weeks from the injury and so now they set a four to six week timeline for him I think what that does is like three weeks he's kind of ready and then you're just ramping him up and okay how does he feel right there at that probably end of that third week you know where are you are you in a game six or a game seven are you confident that Rob can help you even in a smaller dose at that point and so they'll cross that bridge when they get there now if they roll in the first round it makes it easier you're probably going to get four weeks until the start of the next round depending on how quickly these first round series go so um but I mean, the, the fact that everyone that I've talked to has sort of put it at the front of that timeline and not the back of it is really optimistic. Again, the fact that like less than 24 hours after surgery, he was in the facility and just, you know, getting that starting to get the, the, the getting some flexibility in there um, shows up at his press conference a couple of days later, clutching a basketball as if he's just like has no, no idea what to do with his hands otherwise. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm really bullish on the fact that if, if needed, he he might be able to be. I mean, the guy played a playoff game against the the Nets last year on nine toes. I know everyone likes to kind of question his toughness and all that, and I can't get inside that body and tell you like what his knees must feel like, considering how athletic and explosive he is. But um, I know the dude wants to play, and it was probably tough just to even cross that bridge. Like you heard him say in his press conference that. When he when he tore it and it, you know he doesn't know at that point what's going on, but he's he's scared almost because he doesn't want to go find out. Like he doesn't want that bad news after the year he's had. So uh, Rob will be out there when needed, and uh, if the Celtics gets around too, he's going to be needed. So uh, I, I I have full confidence. I, you know the other thing I'll say is like I was really worried like because I I'm not a doctor and I don't know like do you tear your meniscus are you are you the same explosive kind of player. 
And everyone has told me, like, don't worry about that. Like, he'll be able to do Rob things. Like, then he shouldn't have fear of it. It's just a matter of, it's like, it's just a little bit of, of pain tolerance. You know, that knee, like, they took a little piece out and that's weird for your knee and you got to get used to it. And there's not as much cushioning in there now. And so it's just a matter of like how he's feeling. But um, I'm pretty bullish that he is going to be uh, vintage Rob once he's ready to go. Yeah, and- with vintage Rob too, they're, they're just a whole different animal. I mean, that's so he unlocks a lot of what they do mm-hmm. on both ends. I mean, his passing is as big, as ridiculous as cleaning up on the offensive rebounding of things is unbelievable. And it's something that they've clearly missed a guy that can finish defensive possessions, either with a block, a steal, a rebound. I mean, they definitely, they've been able to, I've been impressed with how they've, they've fared without him. Um, you know, offensively. Out Tice. yeah, I mean, yeah. Tice has been, and, I, and, I, and this is, I was actually really mad about this when people were like, why would they get Daniel Tice? And I'm like, like do you understand that the improvement of backup minutes going from Cantor to Tice is like is an insane, insane number. I mean, the mm-hmm. amount of confidence I have in the fact that the offense defense can function as a whole with Daniel Tice there versus you know Ennis Cantor is unbelievable. They've needed uh, the Tice trade. It's been wonderful to have him back. He had what twenty three last night. He had his what career high. Uh, it's just it's the familiarity with him and the offense and the players. It's it's really smart. Everything they've done this year from a team building standpoint has been really smart. They've had good development from guys, and this has just been well put together. But Rob's Rob's the big key here. And if they if they have a healthy Rob Williams, they're a legit title favorite. If they don't have Rob, things are a little bit harder. But if they have Rob uh, in you know with certain guys, whether it's Giannis or Bam, those those guys that are bigs that just give Boston hell and Bam gives everybody hell and Giannis gives everybody hell. But having Rob as a guy who floats and can help out on weak side blocks um, and can take on guards in the perimeter, like it just makes life a lot easier for you. And I'm trying very hard not to get too excited about everything. Um, I'm trying to temper my expectations. But every quote you see and everything you hear, including what you just said, Forsberg, like, I don't know, I, I expect them to kind of be back way earlier than and, and way more effective than than I would when it when it originally happened. Again, I was on vacation. I had both Greeny and Kaufman roasting me as I <laughs> sit on the beach and and not care at all. Um but uh it was a little little tough to get through although my girlfriend thought it was hilarious. Um but from since that, you know, we've had some clarity on the injury itself and all the it's just been good news after good news after good news. And especially on a team where we've had nothing but bad news for <laughs> three, four years. It's just, I'm still a little uneasy. I'm still a little gun-shy, Chris. So I appreciate no, no, carry the torch. Completely understandable. Uh, you were saying how, like, some some centers give us trouble without Rob. Um, Dwayne Bedman looked like an all-star going against uh, the Celtics' back line when they didn't have Rob there. So I, I agree. Like, the one number I always go back to is the Celtics with their five, you know, the, the infinity stones out there have a <laughs> defensive rating of 97. And without Rob, it jumps to like 116. It's just like an insane jump. And, 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 and again, I can make a really great case for why Rob should be in that defensive player of the year conversation, why he should be all defense, like easier than I can, because there's more metrics that I can point to than with Marcus Smart. All that being said, like, it's just, they need everybody healthy to have the, the most success. And that's why, you know, I, I keep going back to Grant's Marvel Comics, uh, universe there because like it, that's what they need if, if everyone's healthy they have a chance if they don't it gets decidedly more complicated but you know outside of maybe Tatum no one is more important to this than than Rob and so uh really hope he can get out there and 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 just you know do the stuff I, again I hadn't been sidelined a lot and I hadn't been courtside I've been I've been in a studio for a lot of the last two years that Minnesota game the first three quarters before Rob got hurt 
Like I had never like not having not having seen the Celtics up close like that. I was like, oh my god, like this is insane. This is not the Celtics team that I last saw. And I'd been there in January for like a Pacers game. It like wasn't even close. Uh, if when if all those guys are healthy, they're they're as they're as good as they've they've looked over these past twelve weeks. I want to mention this just before we get out of here, and we won't have a long conversation about it because it's I don't think it'll be relevant, quite frankly, in the playoffs because these teams, you know, they won't be back to backs and all of that. And, you know, I think there will be more of a, a preservation of of health. But what do you attribute to I'm trying to think of the right way to ask it? What do you attribute to the fact that like it drives me crazy, the fact that it, it seems like Eme, the, the sort of the only lingering Eme complaint I have right now. Playing guys too long? Oh. Just, uh, it, it's like he, it, it's, and I don't think this is true, but it's like he views his bench like the three of us are on it. Mm. You know, like there's just, you know, he'll, be th- they'll be, it'll be eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're up 26 points and he's got his starting five out there. Like, let's go. Let's like, okay. God, God forbid in that situation, you know, Jalen goes down awkwardly when he doesn't need to be out there in the first place. And it's just there. Fortunately, they've avoided anything, obviously. But, you know, there have been so many instances of this during this run in the second half of the year. It drives me up a wall. So I, the, the couple things I would say is, is I agree. There, there, there are instances where I think he's gun shy. There was that one game early in the year. Portland, was it? Like somebody like had a, a crazy comeback again. And they had put to put your starters, starters back in. Put no, back I know. In. I, I, yeah, but like I think he hates that more than actually having to like scold the bench like it, it, it's it's annoying to have to get those guys like the downshift and then you have to throw them back out there uh i think the other thing is i think these guys want to play like I, I honestly think you know there's been instances where and Jalen, you know s- said it's not true but you know there have been times where he's gone back in with like 28 points and five minutes to play and i'm like mm, that's weird and then he gets 30 and all of a sudden he's back on the bench like that thing does matter to guys and whether they should care about it or not you know ime is at least aware of it and that's part of the reason he's a sort of a player's coach he might push you hard, but he also understands that if you can get your games played incentive or if you can get uh, to a certain benchmark of, of points in a game, he'll he'll let you go do it. And I like I, that there's a balance there for me. Like, I'm OK if the players just wants to play like guys want to play play. And like I think the, one of the greatest things about Jason Tatum and why he should be in the conversation for more awards than, you know, even people are giving him credit for is the fact that he's available all the damn time, except mm-hmm. when he has COVID. And that matters. Um, and that, so I'm cool with it. I like when Rondo was assist chasing, that whole double digit assist streak drove right. me nuts. Cause it was so nothing, you know, but, um, it's things like guys wanting to go back in and finish off a game and like, Hey, if the player's on board with it, but yeah, I mean, there are times I, uh, now I say that, but if Rob came back, I'd be like, put him in bubble wrap from 12 minutes on the clock. If you have to, and you're up, if you're up 15. So yeah. uh, it's, it's a balance, but you know, he may should trust those bench guys. Like Hauser's perfectly fine. He's going to go shoot some rainbows to the moon and, and knock it down. And Richard uh, white grant, like, you know, these, these guys, they can carry in a fourth quarter with eight minutes left and you're up 20 something points. I'm okay with that. Maybe they'll get a chance to do it on Sunday, depending on what you need to happen to come out of uh, to, to get your preferred seating in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, Lord knows who's even going to play in that game, obviously, because like Ime said, Memphis is already locked into its spot, too. But we'll uh, we'll find out soon enough. This show powered by our friends at BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. The next time we have one of these shows next week, it'll be a playoff preview. We'll look ahead beyond the play-in tournament, hopefully, and see who's coming up next for uh, – for the for the sea should be a good time and and hopefully uh end on a high note get to that 51 win season we can just 
go go in all 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 positive and giddy and happy and green rimmed glasses and all that stuff guys if you if you're not watching the youtube video like uh evan just hit the the, the flex that keon dueling and marquise daniels used to do whenever <laughs> there was like the celtics were were cruising back in the day so yeah someone's someone's fired up for the playoffs the yeah, keith necklace though <laughs> that was when, legendary when, when i think of successful celtics era i think keon dueling <laughs> All right, Embalenti's back with us. Chris Forsberg, always a pleasure to have you, my friend. Watch him on NBC Sports Boston. Read his stuff as well. You may see him in studio, on the sideline. He could be anywhere. We're just trying to keep up with him. I'm Adam Kaufman. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.